Welcome to Music Forever, a podcast by the New Horizons International Music Association. I am Irene Cohen. Donna Morse is the founder and director of the Monadnock New Horizons Band in Keene, New Hampshire. She is also the director for the Nelson New Hampshire Town Band. She plays all genres of music with a specific interest in jazz. Donna describes how music was always part of her life growing up in Florida and eventually moving to New Hampshire. Donna is the current events committee chair of NEMA. Together with her husband Dave, they travel to many music events, including New Horizons band camps, where Donna has been conducting, and Dave always joins her with his multiple musical instruments. Donna and I met in August 2023 at the Snow Pond New England Adult Music Camp. Because this interview was done outside, you hear some background noises, like some hammering and boats on the lake. Apologies for that. Hi Donna, how are you? I'm doing great. It's so wonderful to have you here. Oh, it's wonderful to be here. It's a beautiful day on the lake playing music. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it, it, it really doesn't get better than that. So Donna, tell us a little bit about how things started for you in, in your world of music. Oh, they started really young. My mom was an organist at the church my dad preached at, and so I heard her playing, and she was a music teacher, and I was listening and playing music since I was very young. Piano lessons at eight years old, um, and then clarinet lessons by the time I was about 12. Um, so there was never a moment in my house or my life without music being played or playing music or practicing or going to concerts. Or My grandfather was a drummer in a big band in New Jersey, um, and my mother and her brother are both musicians. My uncle put himself through dental school playing in bars and playing jazz piano. So yeah, it's, it's, it goes way back. We didn't have music in my elementary school until fifth grade. Mm -hmm. um, so they had eliminated art and music to save money. And so the first music teacher I had was fifth grade and it was my mother uh, who got the job at my school. But uh, in fact, she spent a lot of time over the years lobbying in the legislature in Florida where I grew up to bring, keep music in the schools. So music teachers were always at risk of losing their job. So once we started in fifth grade, I started doing the regular, you know, recorders and auto harp, the one where you strum it and if you hit the little buttons, pretty fun little instrument in elementary school. And then in sixth grade, took up the clarinet and played in the bands mm -hmm. throughout my high school and played piano, uh, piano lessons, my own private piano lessons yes, yeah, yes. at home. So you were mentioning earlier that, that music and arts programs are sort of the first ones to be taken off the curriculum for kids if, if there are financial you know, strains on schools or educational systems. How do you feel about that? The music and art program to me is a, a basic part of the curriculum, and, but I don't think a lot of people see it that way. Even phys ed can be taken off the list, but I think that finally phys ed is safe and that physical education is important. Um, but I think music and art is incredibly important for children to do. I think it's 
part of their brain development. And even if they don't continue to play music the rest of their lives, I think it's wonderful in elementary school for developing skills, reading skills and visual skills in, in uh, visual arts um, and even theater and dance. Uh, I, I don't know, actually think we do enough of it in, in the United States, at least. We mm-hmm. don't do enough um, art, music, dance, theater at a young age. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, I would agree, and I think that that's not just unique to the United States or, or Florida, but uh, um, it seems to be like that wherever you go. And I agree with you. And I, there's also the, the large socializing aspect of, of uh, you know, working in a team with other people. Exactly. That idea of working together, that idea of um, all for the good of the sound and being a contributor, being a good, solid contributor to to the art. And then there's also the possibility of leadership skills that come out of music and all of these things. And um, some young people become leaders within the group and they and they learn how to do that under uh, the supervision and the advice of, of educators that mm-hmm. can help them do it in a way that's productive and do it in a way that they can bring music out of others so whether it's a being a participant or a leader yes yeah exactly and and you you took that route as a leader i mean here you are now playing your clarinet did you add any other instruments in your young life not in my young life i was only a classical clarinet player mm-hmm. um, other than piano uh, but once i started clarinet i stopped piano because we really couldn't afford lessons in both so i decided to focus on clarinet and then when i was in my 20s i had a flute laying around the house and i always wanted to play the flute i didn't actually choose the clarinet i liked the flute and the oboe but we didn't have one and we had access to a clarinet so okay. that's where clarinet came in it's my favorite instrument now but at the time um flute was shinier yes and, yes <laughs> and i wanted to play the flute so i happened to have a flute in my house and i took uh we were living in north carolina and i took some lessons from the symphony player and learned to play flute when i children were very very young um and then in my mid-30s we moved to new hampshire from north carolina and i met up with some friends through a church group. Then we were playing some music that needed improvisation and saxophone. And my husband plays saxophone and had one laying around. I thought, I really want to learn to play saxophone. And I really want to learn to play jazz. Mm-hmm. So my jazz didn't really start until then. And and I had a wonderful teacher. And he's a world-class saxophone player. And I studied with him for a number of years. And mostly have just found all of these amazing teachers. I've studied with just fabulous teachers uh, for skills. Yes. Um, Leadership-wise, uh, that was something I find myself strangely drawn to because I don't seek out to do that. But um, I was in student council types of positions when I was in high school. So right. I did do that type of thing. Um, I did. My first jobs out of college were actually in finance. I worked in banking quite unhappily. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked in banking. That didn't last very long because I realized that that was just not me. But when we moved in my 30s, when we moved to North, um, to New Hampshire, I joined a town band. Actually, I was dragged to a town band within the first week of moving there. Somebody found out I played clarinet and that was it. They had picked me up that afternoon and took me to a town band. And so I started playing in that band. We didn't really have a director. We just had somebody that started the tune. And after a couple years, we all started getting bored with the music. Uh, the person who was in charge and not really directing, but starting all the tunes and, and organizing the group had no interest in directing. So I said, I'll try it. And if you're all patient with me, we can 
we can make this work. And so that was how I started directing. Uh, the Nelson Town Band, I think I've been conducting for 20 years now. But it's nerve it was nerve-wracking. It's still a little nerve-wracking to direct. I love it. And right. I thought I would miss playing my instrument, but I find it even more musical than playing. Did you have any formal music education? No, I had one course in music appreciation once. I considered going back. I was in a jazz band in, in New Hampshire, still am. I had studied so much with so many teachers and I was sitting with the college students that were music majors. I, there wasn't, it was mostly going to be giving money to the college and getting a degree. Yes. I exactly. knew there were some things I probably would have learned in there, but they weren't applicable to what I was doing. Right. So I decided not to pursue that degree. Right. My degree's in management, which may explain some of the other yes. things that I do. I enjoy getting to know people and I, I enjoy learning how to help them move to the next step. That's what I love about directing. How can I get what I want to hear in my head out of the people in front of me? What do I need to say? How do I need to be? Everyone has a different personality and they all react differently to different ways that they're asked to do things. And of course, the other part of it I find really interesting about directing is it's so important to establish trust with the people that you're directing. And when they do, they'll pretty much do whatever you want. The thing I think about the most when things come up is how can I make this work and keep their trust? How can I not mess up those relationships? I can sense everything you just described. You are a very effective teacher, make it very clear where you wanna go with things. And that makes it very easy for the musician to understand what to do next. I personally respond best if I feel that I am respected by the director, that there is no anger, there's no frustration shown. True, uh, true, true. And I think that that <laughs> is a large part of trust. It's a big part of trust. And, and now I feel as though I'm old enough to say, no, I will not work for people I Yes. Don't respect. <laughs> yeah. You can now set clear boundaries for yourself. Clear. Yes. <laughs> and uh, th how lovely is that? It was <laughs> wonderful feeling. Yeah. So I guess you were just the right person to say, I'm going to start a New Horizons band in my community <laughs> with all those wonderful gifts that you're describing. How did that happen? So that happened right here in Snow Pond. Uh, we, we, in 2013... I received an email from Diane Muffet, our wonderful Diane Muffet from New Horizons. And Diane was just looking for people to fill this very first year of camp up here. And my husband and I looked at it and said, well, that looks like fun and we're available. And another couple in our uh, band also decided to come. They've been here every year since actually. So we came up that year and I was just floored by band camp for adults. Yes, what a great concept. And while I was here, Roy Ernst, the founder of New Horizons, was here. And during cocktail hour, the best part of adult band camp, yes, <laughs> uh, we we sat on we sat on the porch um, overlooking the lake, and he started telling me about New Horizons as he does. I thought this is incredible. What a great thing! But the interesting thing is that my desire to do a New Horizons band is not as altruistic as it seems because I my town band is in a location where we have any 
a large number of other bands nearby. I would have situations with my band members. I was happy for them to play in other bands, but they were starting to get pressure from the directors. Well, your band already has three trombones. Why don't you play with us? So I was losing band members, and I thought there must be people around here that play these instruments. Yes. And there must be people that would like to play in our bands, but our music is too hard right now yeah. if they've not played in 40 years. So I really started the New Horizons band the following fall. Ron Berry was my mentor, and I started it to serve as a feeder group for the town band. I recruited a brass player to be the other director, a local band director, and we had our first meet and greet, and 25 people showed up. And I think it was the first summer after my first year that I added 13 people to my town band from the New Horizons band, and they joined, some of the other members joined other bands. Uh, but what happened after a couple years is that I found that even though I keep the music of my New Horizons band no higher than grade two, which is a pretty easy level music, people didn't want to leave because they loved the social aspect. Right. They loved to be able to play music that was just easy where they could work on their music and their sound and the yes. dynamics. Some people would switch instruments and learn a new one just yeah. so they could stay in the band. And I think that was at the point where I realized it was a much bigger thing than a feeder band for the town bands. Yes. And I thought at the beginning, well, I'll do this for four or five years and I'll find someone to pass pass it on to. And now it's been almost 10 years and I have no interest in passing it on to anyone. I have an assistant director. The goals are to do something social. The goals are to do something intellectual. Uh, the goal isn't an audition for college. Yes. And so like we were doing this morning in one of the rehearsals, uh, the cymbal player in the not-quite-ready band here at Snow Pond was having trouble holding the cymbals the official way. And the director said, hold them the way that they work for you. Mm -hmm. And that's something you can do with mm -hmm. New Horizons. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that whole thing. Uh, one of the other really rewarding parts of New Horizons band is when I would be out socially around town. And I would see people together from my band that I knew didn't know each other until yes. they got into the band. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, you've given them a huge gift. The gift of music, but also the gift of getting new friends. And I suspect also preventing isolation. Because you're probably yes. working with an older age group uh, in your band, am I correct? Or yes, yeah. primarily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a few young people, uh, but uh, it's primarily older. But it w it's great to do something that you really don't necessarily do for the good of mankind and having it end up be for the good of mankind. Yes. That's a great yes. concept. So then you came on the radar of us people at the New Horizons International Music Association because you presented uh, virtually uh, an event on technology, music and technology, I believe. And then a spot came up in the board and we said, let's ask Donna. She seems enthusiastic. <laughs> and so Donna is now the chair of the events committee of the New Horizons International Music Association, which is actually a very big job within the board because you keep yourself busy with anything events that this organization can uh, can come up with. So it's very busy. Again, it's a bit addicting mm -hmm. because everybody within NEMA, New Horizons International, is just amazing to work with. Uh, so I've really enjoyed getting to know all these people all over the U.S. and Canada uh, and become my new friends. If somebody's listening right now that has, has not been playing or has not played for a while, would like to join something like a New Horizons band, but is just too scared, what would you tell them? 
I do have people come in to our meet and greet, and I, I never know who they are or how they are, but mostly I just tell everyone to give it a try. Mm-hmm. And we, of course, say that your best is good enough and your best is good enough. Most people are really responsive to that, and it makes them feel better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to do a lot of personal mentoring uh, to help people through because especially if they haven't played much music um, it's overwhelming there's a lot to know mm-hmm. uh, some of us who have played since we were young don't even realize how much there is to do but I think it's always worth trying I mean the worst thing is you stop yeah that's it yeah I mean there's nothing lost yes you know yes. a couple hours of your life and that's it yeah um, most people stay for some people, uh, there's I've always there's always a few, and that's okay. Many of them say, you know, I'm not sure this is for me, and they go find something else. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that's great. You are very active in the world of jazz in, in New Hampshire and New England. How come you went into that direction? What is it about jazz that you oh, were so attracted to? That's a very deep question. Uh, I was talking about this a few weeks ago at a jazz intensive that I attended on my flute, because my flute is my long-neglected instrument, and I said, I'm going to spend a week playing jazz on my flute. And so I was in with other flute players, some incredible classical players, and we were talking about why jazz And classical players are classical players. And when they start to step into the world of jazz, it's terrifying, Mm -hmm. usually, because it feels like there's so much to know. Um, And yet, when they take a bigger step in, I heard one of them saying to me, this is wonderful, this feels wonderful. And I think that's where I am. When I started playing jazz and I realized the musical freedom that I had, I just embraced that. I love classical music. But I just love being able to take a few moments while I'm playing music and and take in all the rhythms and all of the sounds and work my way into those and have the freedom of not always having a piece of paper in front of me. Yes, yes. I, I I really love that. With jazz, I really like the contribution of Western music and African music that comes into jazz. I love those beats. I grew up with Cuban music around me, not in my house, Mm -hmm. but everywhere I went. And so those rhythms just really feed my soul. Um, I have for 20 years now been the lead alto player for the Keene Jazz Orchestra, started by my mentor and teacher uh, 20 years ago. Um, Fortunately, he's passed away, but it's moved on to a wonderful director. I'm also play in a couple other jazz bands, mostly freelance. Mm -hmm. So I play in something called the East Bay Jazz Ensemble when I'm available. Uh, We have, um, when our children left the nest, we took their big playroom and turned it into a jam room. Mm -hmm. So we have amps and keyboards and drums set set up and we have friends over to play jazz. I, you know, I play wherever anybody will have me. Yes. And your wonderful husband, Dave, who you sort of mentioned on the side, is yes. a great musician himself. He's a great musician. Do you actually practice together? Do you just jam together? Just the two we, of you? we do. Uh, he plays bass, I play saxophone. We just do that. Uh, there's a wonderful singer in New York, Sheila Jordan. She was a very good friend of Charlie Parker. She's in, going to be 95 soon. And she uh, has a lot of recordings of just her and a bass player. Yeah. I really enjoy that combination. Yeah. Just bass. And a lot, a lot of Dave's um, improvement and uh, 
catching up of Jazz has been in the last five years as he's kind of wound down his um, work life. Right. Yes, and so uh, we've been able to play more and more. To have the two of you at these various camps and the volunteerism that comes out of you, always helping out, always assisting other people, creating such a positive energy and a welcoming, inviting um, energy to players like myself, who, you know, are always a little bit scared to toot on their horns. Uh, we're just <laughs> amateurs. It makes a world of a difference. And you started with that whole notion of, of building trust with your players. And I think that you and Dave both certainly are very successful in doing so. So thank you for all that. Well, thank you for saying that. And I really, I can't imagine not helping when someone asks. You know, unless I, I, I physically can't be there, um, I can't imagine not helping. I had a thank you this morning that just made me tear up. It was really nice. Yeah, do you want to share that with us? It was one of the players in my uh, Jazz Explorers, which is the very beginning improv uh, class that I'm teaching. And she came up after today, she's performing this afternoon. And she said, this has been wonderful. I've never played in front of anyone. And I've never, ever improvised. And she's going to be out on the patio playing jazz tonight. Fantastic. Yeah. You've given her that gift. She will never forget. And I think, nor will you. Yeah, it's right. Near will I. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you so much for giving that lady the gift, but for all of us, for the support you give to your local groups as a musician within all the different bands that you are. And of course, to the New Horizons International Music Association. You are a treasure, Donna. Thank you. Well, thank you, Irene. I would like to thank Donna Morse for giving this interview in August 2023. If you would like to find out more about Donna's Monetnak New Horizons band in New Hampshire, please go to www dot mnhband.org Music for this podcast by Mary Riddle Swag On Thanks for joining us for this episode of Music Forever If you are interested to be interviewed for this podcast please email us at nima podcast at gmail.com that is n-h-i-m-a podcast at gmail.com see you next time